And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. We are familiar with the phrase, what would Jesus do? But I want us to meditate on what would Jesus do? That's what we, we this slogan came out, this phrase, what would Jesus do? But I want us to meditate on today, what did Jesus do? So we can become imitators of Jesus Christ. That's what we're supposed to be. Uh, he was our perfect example. So on the third Saturday when we was at the food pantry, a lady walked up to me and she'd been coming here several months. I don't even remember her missing a time that I have served. And she asked the question, you all the one that give out this food, this church? And the first thought came to my mind, you've been coming to this church for a long time. And I said, yes, this is imitators of God ministry. And she asked me, what do that mean? And I knew God had spoke to me then about being imitators of Jesus. And I told her, we come here to learn about Jesus and live our life accordingly and do what he call us to do and part of that doing is serving people so I went home and even start meditating in deeper about Jesus life we know that we know all the stories that's when I said I don't have anything new we know all the stories how he was conceived but what stuck out in my mind mainly said when Jesus 12 years old his family had traveled to a Jewish festival and on their way back from the festival, a day later, now mothers can relate to this, a day later, they realized, the parents, Mary and Joseph, realized that Jesus wasn't with them. Now, us mothers, we can't even imagine, we, when we're in the grocery store, we're anywhere, we're looking for our children. So that stuck out to me, what were they doing? But they thought he was, it wasn't just Mary and Joseph, there was a crowd of people. But what stuck out to me, what Jesus was doing at 12 years old. The Bible said he was in the temple. Hearing the word of God, asking questions. So that thought of me, when we come here, Jesus had a purpose and a plan. We have a purpose and a plan. All of us, everybody was born on this earth has a purpose and a plan for God, for Jesus, to be an imitator of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, our brother. So then it went on to say they went back and went back to Jerusalem and they found him. And his question was, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? So Jesus at 12 years old knew that he had a purpose and God had a plan for his life. And his plan and his purpose were to be an imitator of his father. Because the word of God tell us that he said he only do what his father tell him to do. And that's the imitator of Jesus Christ. Do what we have read about, what we've been preached about, what Jesus did. So we would say that Jesus is a perfect example for us to follow. We should follow the model of Jesus even when he was 12 years old. Because we continue to grow every day. The Bible said we should die daily. 
So it's seven miracles. I went to study Jesus' life. So it was seven miracles I thought about. The first one, turning the water into wine. You know, Jesus was at a wedding. A wedding was a big thing then. They parted. So a wedding was very big. It was like a big party. And the Jesus and the disciples and his mother was there. But we know the story. They ran out of wine. And then Mary, his mother. Listen to this now. I just caught this for the very first time. Mary, his mother, called him and said, they out of wine. He said, he didn't say mama, woman, what that got to do with me? This is not my time. But at the same time, she knew how she conceived him. She knew how he had been baptized. She knew the glory was on his life. But the thing that caught me, he still was obedient. Even though he said, woman, you know, this, this is not my time. He still was obedient. And they said the wine was like no other wine. They say the best for last. Amen. So I'm saying you are God's best. Amen. Then the next we know about the healing. Uh, this is in John. Read the book of John. All, the, all four gospels are great. But that book of John. We know about the healing. Of the noble man's son. He went and told Jesus his son is at home sick to death. And Jesus didn't go with him. He just told him his son was healed. So it took him, the Bible said it took him days to get home. And he believed that. He didn't try to pull Jesus, come and go with me. No, you need to go. I need you to lay hands on him. He believed what Jesus said. When he got home, his son was healed. And he asked the question, what time did the fever break? And it was the same time that Jesus spoke the word. So that's faith. Amen. And it said, the next one in John, I read about was healing the man at the pool. My God. I think the Bible says he's about 30 some years old. And he would go to this pool and the angel would come down. You familiar with this story? And stir the water. And Jesus asked him, why was he sitting there? And the Bible said he would go there, but everybody would step over him and get in the pool so he couldn't get in there. Jesus said, take up thy bed and walk. The man had faith to do just what Jesus said. And he took up his bed and walked. So my word is we got to have faith to do what Jesus has called us to do and told us to do. The feeding of the 5,000, we know about the two fishes and the five loaves of bread. And Jesus fed them. Then they wanted to follow him even more. But he knew they was following him for this spirit, this uh, earthly bread. They wanted to be fed. You know, think about it. I thought about this when I was preparing this lesson. I bet you we said we were having a fish fry every Sunday or a cookout. You wouldn't have standing around room in this church. Even if we told our members, I ain't to my visitors, even if we told our members that's on the register that we was going to have a big feast, the church would be full. That's just our fleshly neighbor, nature. We love to eat. Even when we going through them talking about Brenda right now, y'all know I have to talk about me every time I get up here. Most people don't eat when they dealing with stuff. I can't stop eating. I won't eat so I can stop eating. And I've been going through that because my baby tennis, Teddy, is sick. 
So I won't eat because I know I won't stop eating. But that's the natural part. But Jesus had the spiritual food he wanted them to know about. Everlasting life. Amen. Then the walking on the water. We know that story. Another one of Jesus miracles. Now am I saying we're supposed to be imitators of Jesus Christ? Am I saying that we're supposed to walk on water? No, I'm saying that we're supposed to be obedient and walk where God tell us to walk and do what God tell us to do. The healing of the blind man. We know about that. All this is in the book of John. You got to read John. The healing of the blind man. The disciples want to know, was it because of sin? Did his family do some? His parents did something? And Jesus said, no. But God would be glorified. But God would be glorified. And everybody's familiar with the story of Lazarus, the resurrection of Lazarus. Stink by now, dead for four days. And even Mary and Martha, who had spent time with him, Martha said, if you had been here, my Lord, he never would have died. But Jesus said he was asleep. Jesus, But what did Jesus do? He had to call his name. Rise. And he got up. So it's time for us to get up. Jesus have called us already. So it's time for us to get up. You know, when I was looking up, I began to, you know, I'm not the scholar like my pastor with the Greek definition and all that. But I truly believe that I'm a teacher. I'm a student of the Holy Spirit. So I always, when I'm reading, I say, Holy Spirit, what are you teaching me? So by confirming Jesus' divine nature through all the signs, it shouldn't be a doubt that Jesus was truly God in the human flesh. So when we say, when God has, I like that song, I can do it because he said it. When he said we're supposed to be imitators of uh, Jesus, of God, he never gave us anything that we couldn't do. He, he know we're flesh. But if he never would have said it, we couldn't do it. I begin to search the script of 1 Peter 2 and 21. Said, for even here and two were ye called. We were called. We all was called. Because Christ also suffered us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Now, I'm going to read this in the Amplified Version. For even to this you are called. It is separable for you from your vacation. Vocation. For Christ also suffered for you, leaving you his personal example so that you will show how show you how to follow his footsteps. So just because sometimes we have to just do what God is all the time. We should just do what God has caused us to do. That means it's going to be easy. But we can rest assured we will not suffer like Jesus suffered to get his work done. So all Christians are called to endure suffering for doing what is good. You'd expect to suffer when you're doing something that's good. You expect to be criticized. You know, even in the house of the Lord. That's when they talk about you the most. When you're doing because they're not doing. So this is to say we should expect some opposition when we are called by God to do the work of God. So now two definitions I want to talk about. The first is example from the King James Version of the dictionary. It says a pattern, a copy, a model that which is proposed or is proper to be imitated. So you would say Jesus is the greatest model there is. 
And it's the only model that we should be patterning our life after. Then I looked at imitate, and this is the Greek word, it's just to follow. The Greek word for imitate is to follow. So we're supposed to follow God. Said to imitate means to follow as a pattern, a model, or example, to copy or strive to copy in acts and manner. So our mannerism should be like Christ. What we talk about should be what God would talk about. When Jesus said, I only say what he would say. So that's what we be, even in our conversation among us. You know, I came to church one Wednesday night and pastor uh, convict me about idle talking. So <laughs> I'm, I'm honest. I came one Wednesday night and idle talking, all the words came up. I had to check myself. And that's what the word of God do for you. You know, we can get caught up in our own situation and we're supposed to be a different. We got to ask the question. I ask myself, when people see me, who do they see? Do they see the Christ in me? Because that's who I'm supposed to be imitating. That's who I'm professing as my Lord. Amen. So, you know, uh, pastor always tell us that we got to spend, get a place, a time that we seek God. And it came to me, you know, a lot of times I, I, got, I thought about one of my patients in particular. If you didn't see him face to face, you would think his daddy was talking. They sound just alike. So I thought about also when people say, you look just like your mother. You look just like your daddy. And a child stand like their dad or stand like their mama. Then you have people say, well, who you look like? Do you look like your mama? Do you look like your daddy? Who they favor? But we are born again. We're supposed to be looking different. They're supposed to see the Christ in us. Amen. So it's easily, and we expect if a mother tell the husband, I'm pregnant and this child is born, the father is expecting to see some of him. Am I right? The father is expecting to see some of him. So God is expecting to see him in us. Amen. Now, oh, this ain't on the paper. I told Pastor last night when I talked to him, God just be downloading me with so much, I don't even know what to do with it. I, have, I get out of my patient mouth and take out my glove and write a little note down. But God want us to be like him. So we would say in our natural mind, God is com commanding us to do something that's impossible within ourselves. And that's true. We can't do it on our own. We cannot, we cannot imitate God through our own power. But the Holy Spirit, you know, he tell us to be ye holy because I'm holy. Would he tell us to do that if we couldn't do that? No. That's the mindset we got to do. If God said it, I can do it. Amen? So I began to even go a little studying. Uh, all this is in the Bible, 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. But as he has called you, he is holy also. Be holy all in your conduct. Because it is written, be ye holy. So it's in the Bible. If you say you can't be holy, it's in the Bible. You're saying you can't do what God told you to do. Amen? So we got to stop pick, picking bits and pieces of the Bible of what we want to do and do just what it said it can do. So we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to live like him, act like him, walk like him, talk like him. God has empowered us and enabled us to live holy lives. 
when we were sons and uh, we think about sons and daughters that adopted by families. I know a particular adopted family child. You wouldn't know this child was adopted if he didn't tell you. He been around this family so much that, you know, back, I'm from Georgia. They say they feed him enough, they look like him. He looked just like him. His grandson, he looked just like him. You wouldn't even know. Said, we are sons and daughters adopted into his family. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 5, the Amplified. For he was foreordained us. He destined us, planned in love for us to be adopted. This is what Jesus did, what God did from the beginning. Revealed as his own children through Jesus Christ. He in accordance with his purpose, his will, because it pleased him and was his kind. So that was God's intention from the beginning for us to be adopted. So we're no longer, you know, most of us don't even know the date we received the Holy Spirit that we gave God or get, got saved. Most of us don't know that date, but that's the most important date. We can tell you our natural birthday, but the most important day of our life is the life, the day that we gave our life to Christ. When we ask God to forgive of our sins and be our Lord and believe in our heart that he died and rose so that we can live. That's when our life began. The most important birthday in our life. So I began to think about what Jesus said, who he was. Because most of the time I say in order to get to this is a true statement in our natural mind. In order to get to know someone, you have to spend time with that person. You have to be around that person. Amen? So that you can know who that person is. Somebody else can tell you about that person, but you're really not going to know that person. Because sometimes people will tell you stuff and give you a bad perception of someone. But once you get to know that person, you'll say, they're not like that. You know? So what we need to do, that's, that's who we were supposed to imitate, Jesus Christ. So I began to do a little bit more digging on Jesus. We know about the miracles because we wouldn't talk about it. So we know he's a, he a healer, protector. We can, most of us can even say he have done that in our life and know someone he have healed. So we know that, but do we really, really know him? Do we really, we know what he have done, but do we really, really know him? So I, I went through and I found seven statements of the I am, what, who Jesus said he was. He said, I am the bread of life. That's in John 6.35. So whoever comes to me will never go hungry and never believe and never be thirsty. You know, and I mentioned Jesus feeding the 5,000 before. But he wasn't talking about the natural food. Because see, if you're just living off the natural food, and if you don't have the spiritual food, when you die, your life ends. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you've just been fed with the natural, it ends on this earth until you be in judgment in hell. But Jesus wanted them to know the spiritual food that he had to offer them. Amen? So that they can have eternal life. So when you know that spiritual Jesus, and then when you can have, oh my God, my God, my God. When you know him, and if his words say you heal, then you shouldn't expect nothing but healing. No matter where you are, if you in lack, 
you in between paychecks. He's your provider. You can stand on that. Even when you ain't did what you're supposed to do, like pay your tithes. Because God's word is true. Now, you might not have to be, uh, beg a little, uh, cry a little, but you first need to ask for forgiveness. God, I know I have not done right. I'm sorry, Pastor, but I had to go back to that finance. It's not on my paper, but I had to go back. So when you do what the word of God say do, you can expect him to do what he say he going to do. And then he say, I am the light of the world. John 8 and 12. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have light of life. Here he's talking about the natural light. He's not talking, you know, it's easy for us to uh, flip a switch and the light come on. But wouldn't you agree with me today? We living in a dark world. Do y'all hear about all the shooting that's going on? All the sin. And that's the darkness he's talking about sin. So where are you a light in the area? Are you a light at home first? Are you a light on your job? Are you that light Jesus was? Do you realize in the Bible people bought the sick to Jesus? Anybody coming to you? That's not on my paper. Just as God was light for the Israelite when they was lost in the wilderness, we're supposed to be that light of the earth. During the day, we know about the pillar or cloud that God provided. And at night, the fire. Are you on fire for Jesus? None of that is on my paper. Are you on fire for Jesus? Help, Lord. Then he said, I am the gate for the sheep. John 10 and 7. Therefore, Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. The true shepherd protects. No, I want you to, I noted this and I looked up this in a pasture, the, the sheep, there's only one door to the uh, pasture uh, where they keep the sheep enclosed in, in, in. It's only one door. And what the shepherd does, he lays down in front of the door where the wolves can't come in, but not only that, the sheep can't go out. So I said, God, what are you saying to us? Jesus is our gate. He's our protector. We can't protect ourselves. We cannot protect ourselves. But if you connect it to Jesus, you're not worried about all the straight bullets going on. You're not, I don't worry about anybody doing any harm to me because I know my protector. I don't worry about my children and my grandchildren, but I pray for them. I pray, I wake up in it early in the morning, two or three o'clock, and I say, God, protect Dominique, Danaja, Damani, uh, Driana. So we have to pray, because Jesus prayed. So it's not just enough just to get up and say, I'm saved, and that's it. Jesus himself, God himself prayed. Amen? But not only that, he didn't just say, I'm the gate for the sheep. He just didn't say he was the keeper. He said, I am the good shepherd. John 10 11. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. 
Didn't Jesus do that for us? But it's time, thank you, Holy Spirit. This ain't on my paper. It's time for us to surrender our life to God, to Jesus. And when I say our life, I'm not talking about just coming to church, this physical body. I'm talking about our whole being, our mind, our will, our intellect, everything about us, our spirit. Surrender it to God so that we can imitate him. We can't do it just by on our own. And we can't do it half-stepping because he said he'd rather for us to be hot or cold. Lukewarm his spirits out of his mouth. That ain't on my paper. Praise God. So he lived, Jesus lived to please us. And, he, and he's, still, he's still living for us. He's our advocate. He represents us in heaven today. Amen. Amen. So the good shepherd loves his people. He loves us. But he has a, we have a responsibility to the same love that Jesus has for us. We got to have the same love for the souls that are lost. That ain't on my paper. My God. It says, Jesus is our protector. He would never abandon his sheep. They said the shepherd, he would never abandon his sheep. And Jesus said he'll never leave us or forsake us. And he never leave us. Jesus came to seek those who is lost. That's in Luke 19.10. The Bible said he knows his sheep. So Jesus know his sheep and my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and they shall never perish. Never shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Who are you following today? What more important to you than Jesus Christ? What more important to you than doing what God tell us to do? Who are you following? Amen. And then number five said, I am the rest restoration. <coughs> restoration and life I am now this is what Jesus said he was he that believed in me though were dead yet shall live and him even though even dead doesn't have the final say and Jesus uh, death don't have the final say in our life those were not just words we saw that in the Bible those are not just words if those had been words see the Bible is an example we got to stop looking at the Bible as a history book of what went on back over 2,000 years ago. But as an example, is Jesus showing who he is today, yesterday, and forever. We said he was, but do we really know him? If it was just word, then he never would have raised uh, Lazarus up. He would have went right along with Martha. Martha said, I know he's going to rise. But see, Jesus wasn't talking about when he came back. He was telling him to rise now. So if that was not true, then he never would have told him. He's, you're right. I didn't come. He's not dead. You'll see him again. You're going to see him again. But she wasn't expecting to see him right then. But see, that's what, thank you, Holy Spirit. That's what happened to us. When we give our life to God, we become alive. We're no longer dead. And the same love for the lost, that's the spirit we have to have. God, we won't, and Pastor said all the time, we got to want people to come to Christ. So when we come in here on a Sunday, on a Wednesday, and Pastor preached to us, can you actually say, somebody walk out that door, what did the pastor teach you today? 
What can you do with what he did when you go back home or when you go to your job or when you meet somebody at the grocery store? Amen. Then number six say, I am the way, the truth, and life. John 14 and 6. He said, I am the truth and life. No man coming to the Father but by me. If you're wondering or don't know where you're going, because there's a lot of people not sure because there's so many other religions and sins and things going on. They don't know what to believe. But I'm here to tell you today, if you're confused, Jesus is the only truth. The only truth. If you're thinking, it's, you know, some people contemplate now whether they want to live or die. Because they don't know Jesus. Oh God, I'm going to tell on myself. I've been there. And I told somebody that yesterday and they looked at me. I didn't want to live. But I was in darkness. I was drinking every day, but I wasn't happy. Only God can fulfill this. When I told this person yesterday, I've been there. We was thinking about, we was talking about a person that committed suicide. You might have never thought about it, but I have said, I'm tired of this. I was driving my car. I never will forget it. 37, 30 something years ago. And the devil told me just to speed off in the woods. Cause I was, but I was in dark. I wasn't live. I was a believer, but I was carnal minded. First of all, I was living with someone I wasn't married to. I'm telling on myself. I was in darkness. But when I became and know God, I meant really get to know him. Ain't no way I would think about taking care, taking my life. Now my focus is doing what God has called me to do. Saying what God has said me to do. I don't never want anybody to think that this is the Brenda that always been the Brenda. This is when I tell people I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature. I'm new because of what God has done in my life. I didn't need a psychiatrist, but some people knew, need them. I don't. I never talk against medical doctors, psychiatrists, anything, because God knew what the people will need. Some people need that to get to the root of their problems, and it can help. But I'm going to tell you today, they cost you money. God is free. That ain't on my paper. God is free. All you got to do, he's waiting on you. All you got to do is to cry out to him. Because that's what I said when the devil was trying to get me to drive out the wood. I called out Jesus. Even when I was, I tell this story, even when I was in sin, getting ready, getting dressed to go out. I said, God, please don't let me die in my sin. God honored my prayer. I'm here today. Because if it was up to Satan, I would have been dead. I would have went to heaven because I was a believer. I was those Corinthians like those Corinthians. Living a carnal minded, but that's not what God called me to be an imitator of him and fulfill his purpose. Amen. Okay. Number seven. How much time I got? Number seven. <laughs> I am the true vine. I'm the true vine and my father is the husband. Jesus says, is saying that he is the vine and we are the branches. 
And God is the husband. Now, what does the husband do? He's like the gardener. He prunes you, cuts some things off. So what that telling us? Sometimes we got to cut some things off. We got to, not sometime. When you want to live for Christ, when you want to do what he called you to do, you got to cut some things off. You got to prune some things. Not something, everything is not godly. Everything in your life is not the character of God. You got to cut it off and let it go. So the word of God now, that's what the word of God do. Jesus said, well, God ain't never told me to cut nothing out. Well, you ain't never worried the word of God. Because you read the word, you'll know what you shouldn't do. You'll know Jesus, what he did, what he didn't do. The Holy Spirit in you will chastise you before you even do it. How I many know, just like a child, he can get ready to do wrong. He's looking at you and see what you're going to say. You know what you're doing wrong before you even do it. You don't know it's wrong afterwards. You know it's wrong before you do it. But you got to make a decision. I'm going to do what God say do. So the truth, the final statement, John teaches us how we can grow in faith. First, by connecting to the vine. Connecting to the source of life. And second, allowing God, the gardener, to work in our life so we can be an imitator. Allowing the word of God to transform our mind. Renew our mind with this word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Renewing our mind. Just don't come here and sit. I encourage you today to go and study the book of John and get to know who God is. So now we don't talked about who Jesus is, who he said I am, who I am is. It's very important that we know Jesus as I am, but we need to know who we are in Jesus. That's why a lot of us stumble because we don't know that we are born again. What that really means. Because John 1 and 12 say, you're a child of God. But say, as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave authority, power, privilege, right to become the children of God. That is, those who believe, they adhere to, trust, and relied on his name. We must embrace, this the Amplified Version, we must embrace and receive him for ourselves. Faith is described as receiving God, receiving Jesus. Believers are the children of God. But you got to embrace that. You got to believe that you're a child of God. See, I remember this song said, I'm, a, I'm, just a, I'm, I'm not a sinner. I'm not a sinner. I was a sinner. Amen. So we, that's, thank you, Holy Spirit, that on paper. We got to stop saying what we hear other people say about us. And say what the word of God say about us. Amen. So if God say, if you believe and you don't receive it. And you believe it in your heart and speak with your mouth. You are an adopted child of God. So you should be relying on who? God. Not what man say. Not on your past. Now John 15, 15 say, this is another who you are. So you are given, oh, Holy Spirit, since you gave your life to God, once you get to know him, you got everything you need. You are given everything you need to live, to be an imitator of God. You got the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. You got power. 
He left the word inspired scripture for you to read, to study, to become that new man. Inside the mind, change your way of thinking. The Holy Spirit dwells in you, but you have a part to play. This book just wasn't written to say that a book was written. You know, just like if you give a book at school, you have to go home and study it. You know, we have a test to pass every day in our life. When you walk out your door, you have a test to pass. Am I going to do what the word of God say do today? Amen. It said, because I was made known to you everything you have for my father. Jesus said this in John 15, 15. He, I have made known to you everything that I have from my father. I have revealed to you everything that I have learned from my father. So when Jesus left, he said he would not leave us comfortless. He would give us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is our teacher. But even for a teacher to teach you, you got to sit before him. That's not on my paper. You got to sit before him. Do you can't get taught. If you don't go to school, you can't get taught. And the Bible is our book. Amen. So he has given us everything we need to become just like Jesus Christ. First Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 say, it tells us your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, a temple is a sacred place. Our body belongs to God. It's not where you uniquely made. You know that a temple can come live in you? The Holy Spirit? Do you realize you got Jesus in you? I don't think we realize that. What's in us? The power in us. You know, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, when Jesus walked in the room, he got attention. He spoke with authority. He was bold. Some of us just like, somebody say something else, we hold our head down like we don't even know Jesus. People can tell us anything. The word of God is not to argue about. Don't get me wrong. But you should be able to speak up boldly for what you believe and who you believe. Amen. And somebody should see him in you. Then the fourth thing is say 1 Corinthians 12 and 27. Oh my God. You are the body of Christ. Together we can accomplish his work. Each member of the body plays an important word. word. Read 1 Corinthians 12 and 27. Don't think you're not important. We all have something to do. If you read uh, the Corinthians, you'll see that it's so many different gifts. Everybody might not be a preacher. Everybody might not be a teacher, an apostle. But you have a calling on your life. All of us, every last one of us are evangelists. We are to evangelize Jesus to the laws. You're a helper. You have people. We need people in the church, in this building to do stuff. All of us can be helpers. All of us. This ain't on my paper. The pastor needs somebody on the third. For y'all don't know y'all, they have nothing to do. The pastor need help on the third Thursday to pick up the food for us to serve the people. Amen. Amen. We all can be a helper. So when we get this food, Jazz need help on Friday. To separate it, we need help on Saturday. And some of us be at home. When we can be serving God, people did not Jesus feed the hungry. By him feeding the hungry, they follow him. If you start feeding, they might follow you to church. That's not on my paper. (laughs) 
Praise God. The next thing, let's talk about the body. You know, if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, even in this ministry, you're cutting the church short. We're not effective. You, you overworking Pastor Cheryl. She ain't got no help. If Pastor, Lord, I'm going there, Pastor. Our pastor shouldn't be the one that's cleaning up all the time. We see the same stuff she see. So as women, you know, they look at that as a woman's job. We got to get together and clean up. You know, our body is our holy temple, but this is a place of worship. You know, I grew up where you just couldn't bring anything in the house of the Lord. It had to be clean. You couldn't rip and run through the church, the house of the Lord. Can you imagine them doing that? What happened? What did Jesus do when he went to the temple? And they were selling stuff. He started turning over tables. Because that ain't what it's supposed to be. We're supposed to want God's place to look spectacular. And we're supposed to do whatever we can help to get it done and keep it that way. That ain't on my paper. Second Corinthians 5, 17 tell us this is who we are now. That new person said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things, not some. So please don't let me hear. Nobody else say I'm a work in progress. That ain't on my paper. Because the word of God say, Behold, you're a new creature. So when you got to be careful what you say, see, we pick up these little slangs and things. We just say what we hear people say. We ain't thinking about what the word of God say. If God say I'm new, I'm new. Amen. We can't change ourselves. It's already been done for us. But we can renew our mind the way we think. We can renew our mind because he tell us to do that. But we can't change ourselves. Amen. Okay. Number six. I had seven. Number six. Say Galatians 2 and 20. You no longer depends on yourself. Jesus. Uh, Paul said. I have been crucified with Christ. Oh my God. In him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live. But Christ the Messiah lives in me. And the life I now live. In the body I have. I live by faith. Who adhere to and completely trust in the Son of God, who loved and gave himself for me. Before Paul's relationship with, with God, his faith was in himself. Now his faith is in Jesus. And that's what we got to get to. That is not about me at all. It's about God. The word even tells us I can do all things who Christ who strengthened me. So if God tell us that. Why we say we can't be like Jesus Christ? We can't imitate him. It's not on your own strength. It's the Jesus that lives in you. It's the Holy Spirit that guides you and comforts you and teach you. And it's the word of God that he have left behind for you to study. To learn of. Amen. Sometimes we need to give our own self a test. What am I doing? Why am I still here? Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. That ain't on my paper. Why am I still dealing with the same thing? Why am I still dealing with the same shortcomings? 
Sometimes we got to test our own self. Give our own self a quiz. <laughs> right, Dr. Peel? <laughs> That's the only way they know if we, do, if we know anything by testing us. Amen? Number seven, Colossians 3 and 12. So you are Jesus' representative. Close yourself, therefore, as God's own chosen one. This is amplified. His own picked representative. You was picked by God. Who are purified and holy and well-beloved. Did you hear what the word of God say? He said, you're purified and holy and well-beloved by God himself. By putting on the behavior marked by tender-hearted pity and mercy. Kind, feeling a lowly opinion of yourself. Gentle way and patient which is tightly and long-surfing and has the power to endure whatever comes. With a good temper, the life of a new man. That's the life of the new man. You're a representative of God. Don't let me hear you say, I got a temper. How many Christians you done heard say that? I done said, I just got a temper, I can't help it. But that ain't what the word of God said about me. That is not what God said about me. So we have an opportunity to give others a glimpse of Jesus' mercy, of Jesus' patience, of Jesus' kindness through our life. Just by our living, just being in someone's presence, they should see the characteristics of God. So Christ is the one who made those qualities in our life. So if we uh, people see that you have a gentle spirit, or that you love and care about other people, that is supposed to be the person they see. They're not supposed to see the person that always fussing and arguing and always talking about how grand they are. Amen. In my studies, I found this very short poem. It said, Imitating Christ. And I'm going to end with this. Said, this is talking about Paul. It said, Paul has been personally talked by the risen. The ascended, the glorified Jesus Christ. And he loved his Savior so dearly that he followed Christ's word and imitated his wife, his life, his ways. He, that he followed Christ's word and imitated his way. That poem is by Dr. Anthony Theodore. So we should love God so much, love Jesus so dearly for what he did for us that we should Follow his life. Live the way he lived. Imitate him in our life on this earth. Amen. God bless you. I hope this word did for you what it did for me. It inspired me to get in my word more. You know, I was reading, you know, I'm not, this is my pastor. No, my heart. I've been to leadership school. Layman school, a BA in theology, that didn't teach me how to be an imitator of a God. It taught me servanthood. I don't regret going, but it taught me. But it didn't teach me how to imitate Jesus. I got to get in the word to become an imitator of Jesus Christ. I'm not knocking school by no means, because what it does do, it teach you to study. That's what, that's what it did for me. I had to get in the word because I knew I was going to be tested. So it taught me to study the word. But when we think about Jesus, he didn't have no degrees. He was not even a part of any 
community committees. He was no politic. He did what his father said do. And he said that's all he did. So that got to be a part. I'm not knocking communities because they need Christian involved in community activities. But I'm saying make God the priority. Let it be a platform for Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.